Or if you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 3, 4. Praise God, we're not going to back up that much. Amen. Wonderful singing, wonderful song. Appreciate the opportunity to be in church this morning. I'd rather be here in any place I know. And uh, I get a lot out. I look forward to coming to church. I hope you do. I, look, I count the moments. I count the days. Some people get tired of preaching. I don't get tired of preaching. Y'all get tired of listening because I... Y'all finish before I do, but uh, I got a little echo here. I don't know what it is, but that's fine. It, it, it'll get settled in a minute. But I was going to go on to chapter 5, and the Lord stopped me, and I've got two more messages in chapter 4, and it'll be t- this morning tonight. Don't miss tonight. And I'm going to be pre- preaching on one thought, one glorious thought. It's not even going to be an a expository message, um, which means verse by verse. It's going to be a topical message, and I usually don't preach that way. But I believe it, it's, if it's the topic, this topic needs to be preached on a lot. And if you miss this topic in your life, you missed it all. I want to preach this morning on the will of God. The will of God. Uh, you know, if you miss the will of God, you've missed a lot. Uh, you ought to have the will of God in your marriage. You ought to have the will of God in raising your children. You ought to know the will of God in... Um, uh, your career shouldn't come before God. You ought to know the will of God in your sports. Definitely shouldn't come before God. You say, what are you so riled up about? Because I know the $300 million for old Meriwether was raised by gambling. I'm against gambling. I don't even like it in the 7-Eleven stores. Amen? I don't like to stand in line to get milk uh, while somebody's gambling their kids' um, food money away for Lucky 7s and all this. I'm against gambling. I think it's sin. Amen? I think it's a sin. I think you ought to work for money, not gamble for money. Amen? So it's a sin. So anyway, but I tell you, one of the worst gambles you'll ever have is you're gambling your life away with things of this world. You're, you're throwing the dice saying, I'm going to get all the gusto I can get and all the money and all the fame and all the fortune. And, and here's, here's what we live for, all the fun that I possibly can get. Some people live just for fun. And uh, they leave God out, it ain't fun. And so I want to preach this morning tonight, and don't miss tonight. I'm going to tell you, what, whatever you got planned, it's not more important than the will of God. Matter of fact, if you don't watch it, you're going to waste a lot of time with wars and fighting in your life. Look at verse 1 of chapter 4. The Bible says, From whence cometh wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence, even your lust that war in your members. So it starts out with war, and then it ends with, verse 13 through 17, if you'll stand it on to the Word of God, 13 through 17, it ends with the will of God. And then you say, why does it start with the war against God and then the will of God? I'm going to tell you why. Because if you're not in the will of God, you're at war with God. It's enmity to God. And I want to tell you something, your family won't be right, your marriage won't be right, your children won't be right, your attitude won't be right, nothing will go right, out of the will of God. The safest and most enjoyable place you'll ever spend your life is in the perfect, precious will of God. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there, there a year. And buy and sell and get gain. Preached on that last week about, about the sudden death. And whereas ye know not what shall be on tomorrow, for what is your life? Great question. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. 
And that's what we emphasized last week, but I want to emphasize this next verse this week. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings, what you're going to do, what you're going to be. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what? Sin. I think one of the greatest sins on this earth is to leave God out of your life. Let's pray. You may be seated. Father, thank you, dear God, for burning this scripture in my heart this week. I couldn't leave it. Lord, I must preach it. I'm compelled by the Holy Spirit to bring this message. And God help us, Lord, to realize that the will of God is for us to be in church this morning, not someplace else out of the will of God. And the will of God is for us to come back to church. If our church has church, it's the will of God that we be here. And Wednesday night, and on and on, God, it's the will of God. We read the Bible every day. It's the will of God that we be saved. It's the will of God that we enjoy your presence and your power in prayer. And so, Lord, dear God, help us not to waste our life on the frivolous, silly things of this world that grab our attention and capture our enthusiasm. And, Lord, draws us to detour you and put you on a shelf besides first place. So, Lord, help us, dear God, to discover and enjoy and magnify you and glorify you as we walk and live in the will of God. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Last week we emphasized that your life's a vapor. It's vanishing. And I can't believe how old I am. Seems like yesterday I was graduating from high school. I was the first graduating class of Columbia High School in 1969. The Columbia Eagles. I was uh, the captain of the soccer team and I thought I was something else. And I want to tell you something, friend. That's been a long time ago. We did drive cars back then, not buggies and horses. Amen? We're not, I'm not that old. I was born again on a Sunday night when a preacher preached on hell hot, long, and, and, uh, and, and painful. And March 15, 1964. That's been a long time. I can't tell you how many years it is. And my life is vanishing away, and, it's, and, and I won't have many more years probably. But I want to tell you this, friend. I wouldn't trade one day with all the gusto of this living outside the will of God for one second in the will of God. The will of God's precious. The Bible says, number one, that 1 Peter 3, 9, that He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mark it down. It's the will of God for you to be saved. Can somebody say amen? It's the will of God for everybody to be saved. Calvinists, whosoever be saved. Amen? And then the Bible says this, 1 John 5, 12, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You know what the will of God is? For you to enjoy life. And I mean not just enjoy it, but use it for His glory and His honor. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 7, you were created for His glory. Revelation 4, 11 says you were created for His pleasure. Only way you can please God is by faith. So 1 John 5 says, hey, you either in or out. You either sane or ain't. You either living or you're existing. You're just marking time like the prisoners uh, market, Brother Larry. 
Uh, if you're not saved, you're just putting X's on the days. You're just making a lot of money and you're going to die and go to hell and, and, and blow it all for eternity. That don't make a lick of sense. But there's another verse that comes to mind about the will of God. The Bible says in John 10.10, 10, John 10.10, 10, I want to I just make the will of God as exciting and thrilling and as inviting as I possibly can because the Word of God makes it that way. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says this. It says, The thief cometh not but for to steal. You know who the thief is, don't you? It's the devil. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your marriage. He wants to steal your children. He wants to steal everything that's worthwhile. He's a, he's a robber. It says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But listen to this. Jesus speaking, I have come that you might have life that you might have it more abundantly. I love the Christian life. I love living for God. But I want to tell you something. I can get out of the will of God just as quick as you can and waste this whole week in flesh. I, 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 get out of, I can get out of harmony with my wife and fuss all morning, come to church, put on a little Pepsi Dent smile and a little dab of do you sermon and just dread being here because I had a fuss with my wife all the way to church. That's why I come at 9.30 and she comes at 10. No, not really. But, but you know, you can get in the flesh in a second. And you can live in the flesh more than a second. You can live all day in the flesh. You ever lived a two or three days not speaking to your mate? You know, I mean, that, that's really... Wonderful, isn't it? You're living with somebody and you're not speaking to them. I know some of you parents don't speak to your children and the children don't speak to you. That's really wonderful. I mean, you don't even find out if they're going to go out and uh, spend a week somewhere or something. You're, just, you're not speaking. That's a sad time. Folks, and listen, most detrimental of all and most damaging of all and most destructive of all and most depressing of all, some people are not on speaking grounds with Jesus. You had not spoke to Him this morning because you can't because sin abides in your life. You're out of the will of God. And God's not so hard-pressed to answer your prayers and finance your affairs. Verse 2 of James chapter 4. Adulterers and adulteress. That's spiritually speaking. Friendship of the world is what? Enmity with God. And folks, to be out of the will of God is to miss the fellowship, the communion, the sweetness of life. And one sin can separate you, not from your salvation, but from your communion, and you cannot abide and be fruitful and happy and peaceful because you're out of the will of God. Now let me ask you this question. James asked it first. What is your life? What is your life? Is it to be well-known? Is it to be rich? Is it to be famous? Is it to win a stinking fight that was probably rigged? Don't get me started on that. I mean, don't even bring it up. Some of you watched it and you're dunking. You're hoping I don't find out you watched it at 2 o'clock and that's why you're so sleepy. But at least you showed up. But I want to say this, friend. Is, is that life? Evidently it is to a lot of people. They invest thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars gambling their life away for one big jackpot. Well, I want to tell you something. The greatest jackpot you'll ever have is to be in the will of God. 
And I want to tell you something. Chapter 3 begins talking about war and ends with the will of God. And a lot of people, I'm going to tell you something, friend. A lot of you are killing yourselves trying to make a living. What you ought to do is live because you ain't putting God first. And I don't care how much money you make. It's going to be like a bag with holes in it. Go ahead and put that first. Go ahead and put your career first. And you're going to see it fall to the ground in ashes. And you say, I don't think God can do that. Don't you tell me what God can't do. He can humble you to bring you to the will of God. To the precious will of God. Now, first of all, He's going to love you, and He's going to invite you, and He's going to bless you. What do you think that breath you got in your, in your body is all about? God has blessed you to be for Him in the will of God. The will of God. Tonight I'm going to teach you how to know the will of God, how to stay in the will of God, and the benefits of the will of God. This morning I just want to acknowledge, I want you to be... Uh, aware that you're a troublemaker and you're not a peacemaker if you're out of the will of God. If you're out of the will of God, there's no way that you can minister to your mate. There's no way you can minister to the lost and be a witness. I'm telling you, friend, it'd be like saying, hey, listen, get saved, but don't live like I'm living. It's the Lord Jesus Christ saves you, and He ought to be Lord of your life. Lot moved to Sodom. He brought trouble on his whole family. Wars and enmity and fighting, verse 1. And then we see the precious challenge for what it, what, that, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, if the Lord will, ye shall live and do this or that. This guy was talking about making a lot of money and a lot of profit, verse 13. Preached on that last week. I don't need to go back there. To buy, sell, and get gain. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But folks, it is wrong if you both saying, I'm doing it. Because I want to tell you something, friend. You couldn't have got out of bed this morning if it wasn't for God. You could not frame one sensible thought if it wasn't for God. You can't raise your children right if it's not for God. You can't love your wife, and wives, you can't submit to that old boy that makes a lot of mistakes if it's not for God. The will of God. David committed adultery. It brought trouble upon all his family. Jonah disobeyed God and almost sent a shipload of heathen sailors to a watery grave. The safest, most fulfilling place on this God-given earth is the will of God. I'm trying to whet your appetite for the will of God. The will of God comes from the heart of God. Look at Psalms 33, verse 11, please. Psalms 33, verse 11. I know when I'm preaching two sermons on one topic, I can take my time, and that sure relaxes me when I preach. And I'm confident all of y'all coming back tonight. If I didn't, I'd try to cram in this two-hour message in 30 minutes and I'd be speaking in tongues, preaching so fast. But anyway, look at this. No, I wouldn't. Proverbs 33, 11. The Bible says, As the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of His hearts to all generations. God loves you. And His will is His heart for you. Now, I said this to somebody counseling with them late last night, is I can't tell the will of God for you. 
No, it was yesterday afternoon, matter of fact, a preacher uh, begged me not to use him as a sermon illustration, so I'm not. But he's making some major, major decisions. And I called him up and told him, I said, hey, buddy, that's not the will of God. You ask me, and I'm telling you, it's not the will of God. God never, never calls you to go against the Word of God. No matter what. But the safest, most thrilling place in your life is the will of God. I wish I could, I wish I could, I wish I could share that with you. There's some people right now, members of Whitfield Baptist Church, that are out of the will of God right this moment and enjoying, trying to enjoy themselves and taking their children with them. And folks, that is dangerous. That could be life-threatening to the future of their children. You better thank God. You better thank God you got a mom or a daddy that's brought you to the house of God if they had to hog tie you and drag you here. I want to give you three attitudes towards the will of God. Number one, ignoring God's will. Look at verse 13. It says, Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we'll go into the city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Look at verse 14. It says, whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow. Do you? Do you know, you know what's going to happen tomorrow? If you do, let me know. And maybe you ought to go down and bet on, bet on a stinking fight. Amen? If you know what's on tomorrow. But you don't know what's on tomorrow. Look at this. It says, whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow, for what is your life? Listen now. It's even a vapor that appeared for a little while and vanished away. And here's the admonition. Look at verse 16. It says, but now you rejoice in your own boasting. All such rejoicing is what? Evil. Folks, listen. There are several reasons why James says that you ignore the will of God. Number one, the complexity of life. Life's made up of critical, crucial decisions. Day after day, you make thousands of decisions. Amen. And I want to tell you something. They can make you or break you. You ain't got no money. And all of a sudden you see one of those fancy Toyota commercials saying, oh yes we can, and you believe that, and you go buy a car about $30,000 or $40,000 over your budget. Folks, you made a critical mistake. And it'll cost you. It might cost you your home. It might cost you your kids' uh, shoes on their feet. But folks, we can make some mistakes. We can marry wrong. Hey, we can, we can go to the wrong church because it's based on the flesh and, and what we want. And folks, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ, our Savior, seeks to do the will of God uh, in your life, and it makes sense. Life is confusing without the will of God. I want to tell you what will happen when you seek the will of God, know the will of God, and start living in the will of God. It simplifies life. It's either God-pleasing or it's not. It, it either, this decision either honors God or it doesn't. This decision will bring glory to God or it doesn't. This decision brings glory to me or it brings glory to Him. That is simplified. Say amen. I don't know about you. I'm not too smart. I got a college degree. Y'all don't believe that. But I'm going to tell you this, friend. I need it simple. Just put it on the line. Yes or no. Is it right? Is it not right? Is it please God? Does it please God? Folks, the will of God simplifies and unifies your life. And you know what that will give you? Poise and confidence. 
Amen? You know, there's a lot of people. They're, second row, listen to me. They're nervous wrecks. I mean, they, they can't even make a decision. Oh, you know, they're just nerve. They're taking sedatives. Then they make a decision. Then they take some more sedatives. And they, and they do this, and they take a job, and they're nervous about everything's just up in the air. And, and then they get depressed, and they get excited, and they get depressed, and they get excited. They get thrilled, and they get, become a spill, and, and they take pills, and, and they drink liquor, and they try everything they can to find satisfaction. Folks, that's not the will of God. The will of God is just say, Lord, lead me, guide me, fill me, overflow me. And I want to tell you something, friend. It's just plain, here, this is a deep word, fun being in the will of God. It's an adventure. I thought about this morning when I woke up. Number one, I praise God I woke up. Number two, I reached out and touched my wife, woke her up. That wasn't a good idea. She's not a morning person. Saturday morning, I thought she had to get up at 5 and it was 5.30 to make the trip. She, she was so excited about that trip. She had our car detailed. She filled it up with gas. She was so excited about taking those ladies on that trip. And I'm going to tell you, you know why, ladies, when you got back. It was worth it, wasn't it? But I, I, I got all nervous about it. I said, praise God. The alarm didn't go off. She said 5. So I started about 4.30, started making noises. <laughs> Slapping her, you know, you know, slapping her pillow, not her. Uh, you can't be late. And she said, honey, I said 5.30. I want to tell you something. I almost got in the flesh. She almost got in the flesh. We almost ruined the whole day over waking her up 30 minutes early. She forgave me. I forgave her. We kissed. I even escorted her out to the car, you know, at 6.45. Made sure everything was clean. Everything's fine. And I said, praise God, y'all are in the will of God today. My wife's going to go hear the Bible all day on a Saturday. Not to worry about her juking around and being unfair. I'm going to say this, friend. I wouldn't trust me out of the will of God. Come on. I wouldn't trust myself out of the will of God. I marriage counsel all the time. All the time I marriage counsel. And you know what it is? Here it is. The will of God. The will of God. Folks, I would not trust my relationship with my wife out of the will of God. Because I'm flesh. And so folks, the greatest assurance, the greatest blessing, the greatest peace, the greatest joy you can have is be in the will of God. And the devil constantly tries to knock you out of the will of God. The constantly tries to get you in the flesh. Constantly tries to get you to major on yourself and major on your pride, and major on your career, and major on your money, and major on you this, and that, and thus. And the Bible says, it's not wise, it is even evil to say, I'll do this, and I'll do that. Folks, it's complex, and it's uncertain. Look at verse 14. Whereas I know not what shall be on tomorrow. Folks, I want to tell you something. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And everybody's scared to death of this North Korean dictator. He can blow the whole world up. He's trying to prove he can. And he could. He's crazy. He's absolutely a lunatic. If I could tell you some things about his personal life, it would be X-rated. He's that, he's that weird and that perverted, and he's, he's, uh, he's, 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 he's demon-possessed. So he could blow the world up tomorrow. Or half the United States. And I want to tell you something. I'm not worried about it because I know that God's in control and that God will overrule. 
But folks, it's uncertain, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but you know something, what's so good about the will of God? Number two, life might be uncertain, but I'm certain God is over life. We, he has a plan for the whole year, for you and your whole life. And folks, we are so full of self, it's pathetic. That's why I don't, I, I'm telling you what, uh, you think for a second, those jaybirds that made $300 million in 30 minutes, that's $600 million an hour, and then $100 million for losing it. A loser making $100 million. You think for a second they're going to glorify God with that money, you got another thought coming, and you shouldn't contribute to it, and you shouldn't bet. I'm hitting the gamblers this morning. Some of you are getting mad. Amen. <laughs> but I want to say this. You ought to invest in things that will glorify God and further the gospel and reach souls, say amen. And churches are fighting, and one preacher is fighting for his existence up on the north side of the county, called me this morning, begged me to pray for him because they, they, don't, they don't like him introducing faith, promise, giving to missions. They want to fire him for it. God help us. We live in a country that invests more money in fun than we do the feathers of the gospel. Hurry back, buddy. I'm preaching. Amen. Come on. I mean, God help us. If we're going to oust a preacher for wanting to raise money for the feathers of the gospel and the salvation of souls, and then we spend money on junk all, all through the world. Oh, friend, listen, life's uncertain, but I thank God the will of God makes it certain. God's in control. I'm in God's will. All things are going to work together. Even trouble's going to work for me. Number three, a reason not to ignore the will of God, the brevity of life. Look at 14, the last half. It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. A little girl was at a store that we used to have. I don't know, this will date some of you. Some of you bald-headed, gray-headed people, y'all remember the stores. We used to have stores like Macy's and Davison's. That's where I worked when I was in college. And they'd have a candy section. And they'd have this little metal scoop. And they'd scoop out candy and put it in a bag. Riches had that. Y'all remember that? Any of you old goats remember that? Amen. Praise God. I didn't mean to call you a goat, brother. God bless you. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean that. Praise God. I mean, old, godly, senior citizens like you. Amen. You remember that? And, and, and I remember this little this story about a little girl. She'd come in there, and she was looking at the malted milk balls, orange slices, jelly beans. It's all in big old sections, and you buy it by the pound. Oh, boy. Those were the good old days. Amen. Now... You ordered online, God bless you, new generation. You ain't got no fun at all, praise God. You ought to go to the store where you can pick it out. Scoop it out. Give me one scoop of that and one scoop of that. And, and she kept looking and looking and looking and looking and looking. Finally, mother's got all these bags. And she says, come on, honey, we got to go. And she looked up at her mother and didn't mean to rebuke her, but she did. She says, hey, listen, mama, I only got one nickel. I got to spend it carefully. <laughs> and I want to say this. You only have one life. So soon it will pass. And only what's done for Christ will last. So give to Jesus all your days. For it's the only life that pays. When you recall, you have but one life. Say amen. 
Friend of mine, I'm going to tell you something. You only got one service to worship God. You only got one day, maybe, to witness for Him to the lost. And folks, listen, it's too important to carry on than the things of the friendship of the world and say, I'll fit you in, God, when I can, and I'll call on you when everything falls apart. And we use them as emergency rations instead of daily bread. How many is guilty of that? Raise your hand, I am. The rest of you come to the altar for sleeping during my message. But anyway, Job 7, 6 says it's a weaver's shuttle. Some of you work in these plants. God bless you. 11, 12 hours a day and you see the threads go in one tube and carpet come out the next tube or whatever it does. And quillers, twillers, and weavers, God bless all of you. But you know something? Life's like a weaver's shuttle. Job 8 9 is a shadow. I'll tell you what, I, I got on porch and had my little glasses on I paid $8 for, which I thought was a ripoff. And I, I, I'll just be honest with you. I, I know it was outstanding and it was great, but I want to tell you something, it was just quick and gone. and It was a black ball over a bright light. and You couldn't even look at it. And it was over. I want to tell you something, when you get around spiritual things, even eclipses seem mundane compared to somebody getting saved, uh, compared to people passing from death into life. Now, I'm not trying to low-rate you scientists. You go ahead and get all excited about that. Praise God, go ahead. Travel to New Mexico to see it next year. I don't care. But I want to say this, friend. Listen, God is the ultimate purpose of our life. He's the sunshine of our soul. And devil eclipses it all. Self gets in the way. And you miss it. You miss it. Swifter than a post. It's an eagle that's going after his prey. Job 14, 1 says, A few days and it's cut down and it withers. Psalms 90, verse 12 says this, Lord, help us to number, teach us to number our months. That's your NIV. You better throw that in the garbage. Number our years. That's RSV. You, you really throw that under the garbage in the, under, under the garbage truck. Amen? No, the King James Bible says, Lord, teach us to number our days. Don't waste your life on selfish endeavors. Because I'm going to say this. Every one of you in this room are going to live somewhere forever. Now, you don't believe that, do you? You better... You're an immortal being. That's why it's a precious, sacred trust when you have children to raise them up to be saved, sanctified, thrilled, and filled, and satisfied with the will of God. That's right. Because when they get to eternity, they're going to say, Mom, why did you make ball a God? Why did you make motorcycle racing a God? Why did you make lottery a God? Why did you make your work a God? Why did you make a career, God, I'm in heaven now, and that don't mean a hill of beans. Only what's done for Christ will last. And folks, I'm going to tell you something, friend. We're going to have to apologize for our children putting ourselves before God. Say amen. And I'm going to tell you this right now. There is nothing more important going on than the preaching and teaching of the Word of God on Sunday. 
You say, oh no, I can have my little devotion and I can do what I want to do. That's what's wrong with you right now. You want to do what you want to do. And you're going to miss the will of God. You're going to miss the will of God. You're going to miss the precious life. What is your life? Well, it's whatever I can get out of it. <laughs> it's all the gusto I can get. Well, I want to tell you something. At the bottom of that foamy cup is dregs and emptiness and regret. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 4.18. I'll close. Not right now. Don't pack up. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. When I say close, everybody gets their Bible and turns to the next page because it don't mean a thing. But look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. I love this verse. Woo, I'll tell you what, we've got to back up to verse 16. I'll get to this tonight, how to know the will of God, how to enjoy the will of God, and how to stay in the will of God. That's tonight. It says, for which cause we faint not, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Hey, come on, turn in your Bibles. And this is more important than Amber Alert. It says, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed, what? Day by day. I want to tell you what the will of God is. For you to be filled with the Spirit of God day by day. Day by day. But look at verse uh, 17. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment. You know, some people have to live in pain all their life. I feel for them. I'm going to tell you something. I'm as healthy as I can be. I got bad feet, but I deserve it. And uh, friend, I'm going to tell you something. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm just blessed. Have you, have you rejoiced in your blessings this morning? Or you come here griping, complaining, and looking for problems? Some people are so upset this morning because they lost thousands of dollars on an event. And there's people over in Texas that lost their mom and daddy and their house and their home one little girl was in a shelter, and she said, I don't think i got anything to go home for because I don't think my home's there anymore. Now, folks, just because you don't live on the coast don't mean that God can't sweep through here and take everything away from you in a second. Joy, peace, marriage, children, respect, testimony, which is more important than your money. See, it says, your light afflictions, which for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Did you hear that? The things you go through work for you an exceeding and what? Eternal weight of what? Glory. But I want you to get to verse 18, and I'll let you go, because I know I'm going to preach the main message tonight. I'm still begging some of you to not stay home and watch TV. Or rest. You can rest on Saturday night. Look at verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporal. But the things which are not seen are, what's the next word class? Eternal. Folks, the reason you should not ignore the will of God is because first and most important, well, not most important, it's complex. It's confusing. You don't know what to do. It's uncertain. You don't know how long you're going to be able to do all you're doing. And folks, it's brief. It's brief. Joshua 1.8 says the only way to be successful is meditate in the Word of God. 
Psalms chapter 1 says you ought not sit in the seat of the counsel of the ungodly or sit in the seat of the scornful. And that you ought to meditate day and night on the Word of God and you'll be like a tree, what? Planted by the waters. You'll have a secret source. You'll have a secret peace. You'll have a secret joy that the world knows not of because your roots are... I hope, I hope the lady hits this that's going to preach, I mean teach. Uh, the, the, your roots are in the water of the Word. It's your, your spirit, you're abiding in the vine and, you, and there's fruit that'll last for eternity and there's, there's glory and there's joy because there's holiness, there's happiness and there's the fruit of other Christians getting saved. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but that's one of the greatest joys of my life to see somebody saved. I know what they're getting into. But if you live for yourself, you don't care. You're just probably trying to brown nose them or manipulate them so they can do more for you. You don't mention Jesus. You don't mention, mention eternity. Why? Because you're living for the nasty now instead of the sweet by and by. Come on. You know it's true. And maybe our attendance this morning is evidence of it. People just have too much on their plate. And if it's not God's plate, you're in the wrong restaurant. Almost said restroom. Restaurant. <laughs> Amen. Come on. I admit my mistakes to you. Come on now. Some of you fit God in your little schedule like He's your servant instead of you being His servant. Well, if I have time, I'll come to church. God help you. Who gave you time? Well, if I have time, I'll read my Bible. Who gave you eyesight? Who gave you the brain? And who gave you a heart that ought to be thrilled by being an audience to God's Word? He's speaking to you. He's directing you. He's leading you. And let me just say this, He's protecting you. But you don't read your Bible. Ain't got time. You got time for TV. I'm not going to say go throw your TV in the river because you'll be out fishing it out in about two days. Amen. <laughs> or you'll be going buying another one. Those TV revivals didn't last too much, did they? But praise God, you don't have to let it dominate your life. Folks, last but not least, verse 16 says this, But now you rejoice in your boasting. All such rejoicing is evil. The frailty, man, man's boasting is a cover-up of his weakness. You ever seen people brag a lot and you know they, ain't got, they, can't, back, they can't back their mouth? <laughs> well, you know, if I was doing, if I was pastor of this church, I'd, you know, blah, 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 blah. If I was boss of my company, you know, praise God, why aren't you the boss then? No, you're going to straighten out the whole world because you think you can. Come on now, I'm preaching. Some of you are about to leave. You boast. And when you boast about sin, you're making yourself your own God. When you boast about yourself, you're, you're making yourself your own God. How foolish it is for people to ignore the will of God. It's like the man, Luke chapter 12, we referred to this last that built those barns and he built bigger ones. And he started praying to himself, Soul, you got much goods. 
And then he looked at him and he said, Thou food tonight, tonight will your soul be required of thee. And then who's all these things going to be? See, God knows how to straighten us out, don't He? And folks, I want to tell you something. There's four reasons you should not ignore the will of God. The uncertainty of life, the complexity of life, the brevity of life, and the frailty of man. I'm going to just say this. I'm going to say it really, really kind if I can. I was sitting in a house yesterday talking to a man that just lost his wife. A little girl sitting there, a teenager, about 14 years old. I didn't come there to do anything but to be a blessing and a help to them. But I did before I leave say this. The only way that you're going to be able to rebuild and pick up your life is to find the will of God and get in it. Young lady, you're 14 years old. Beautiful young lady, 15 maybe. You think you got your whole life ahead of you. Only when you find the will of God, get saved, and live for God, will you be fulfilled, will you be contented, and will you feel loved, and you'll feel like you have a purpose in life. And then we left. But I want to tell you something. Did I not witness the truth? That the only way to have life, and life more abundant, the thief has come to steal and to kill, but I have come to give you life and life more abundant, is to seek the will of God. You know, there's one thing I will not leave the house without when I'm going on a trip. Because I do not want to stop and ask for directions. It's called a GPS. And I know those things can cause trouble. It caused Miss Tracy to lose one of her legs and almost killed her whole family by a lady going down a highway 65 miles an hour trying to get the GPS to talk to her. It was a head-on collision, and it's racked their life. I didn't say ruined. It's just been a real trauma. But I want to tell you something, friend. If I had to go visiting without the GPS, it'd be, it'd be it'd, Jason and I were out in Murray County yesterday, and we went the back way through Resaca, because we had a visit in Resaca, I had a visit in Murray County, and I said, put it in there, praise God. I know we're closer than we think, and praise Lord, we, we, were, we, had, a, we had a good route right to it. You know, I wouldn't, leave with, I wouldn't leave home without it. I wouldn't leave home without my cell phone because my wife might need something. Amen. No. And I feel like, oh, it, the battery's dead. Oh, God help us. You know, I left my phone. Oh, no. What's going to happen? But I wish we would covet the Word of God and the Word of God and prayer as much as we do the things that get us to the destinations of this world. And I'll tell you this. I'll never forget Stephen Baker one time. He was... Um, lost, and he was heading towards Greenville, and he was trying to get home. And, he, and, and I said, did not the GPS tell you to take I-75? And he said, yeah, preacher, it, it, it did, but it just didn't sound right. And I said, well, where are you now? He says, I think I'm coming up on Greenville. South Carolina! <laughs> I said, you should have listened to her. I know you don't like to listen to any her, but you ought to listen to her. And folks, what the tragedy of life is, God's given us God's plan of salvation, GPS. God's given us His Word. 
God's given us His Spirit. God's given us the privilege of prayer. God's given us a wife that talks a lot. No, not really. I'm not looking that way. But anyway, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Fred, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm telling you, God has given us the privilege to be, enjoy, and stay in the will of God. And if you don't, it is your fault. And you will live a life beneath your privilege of heartache and pain and confusion and complexity and depression and sin and regret. I love the precious will of God. For that we ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live. And do this, Now you rejoice in your own boasting. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, the will of God, and doeth not, to him it is sin. Let's pray. Father, I just feel like I hadn't got to the meat of the message. I sure pray that these people will know it's the will of God to come back tonight and hear the main part of the message because I want our folks your folks your children to enjoy this life to have peace to have purpose to glorify you to use their life for salvation of souls to have life and life more abundant but Lord it's their choice Pray, dear God, that they'll choose you over themselves, over silver, over the substances of this world.